Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 12 of The Gathering Storm, a podcast that is aimed at improving the average 40k player for the average 40k player. My name is Michael. As always, I have my lovely, lovely co-host, Mr. Big Ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling, Ben Corby himself. How you going, mate? Guten Abend. I'm very well, thank you. Wunderbar, wunderbar. Now, Ben and I are very excited to be back doing an episode for you tonight. We've got lots that we want to cover. I just wanted to preface with the fact that there may be a little bit of coughing and spluttering on my end. Grandfather Nurgle obviously took a plane from Adelaide up to Brisbane and came and caught me. So I've been a bit stuffy, coffee and sick, but I will power through, power through because unfortunately we're not going to be able to release an episode next weekend for reasons that we'll go through the episode. But what's news, Ben? What's been happening down in the land of SA? Um, SNA, um, yeah, so we had the Adelaide GT last week, uh, last Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, just for me, uh, <laughs> and I was the Gumby and that was a, an interesting turn up on Sunday morning. So Simon Vickers had messaged me the night before saying Phil Wessels, uh, shout out Dragons Lair St. Mary's, our co-sponsor. We're nearly at that point where we're going to hit the claim button on the Lionel Johnson. 23 uh, members 20, away. 23, 23 members away. 23 members checked, away. Guys, like, share, subscribe, just do the things. Um, and said, yeah, you need to come in for Phil. Of course, I rocked up and someone else had dropped out and that had evened the numbers off. So I was the odd one out. And... Simon's lovely wife, uh, Xenia, was in there making bacon and egg rolls. People were rocking up, setting up the mission. And I just noticed this guy sitting in the corner ever so patiently with his trolley uh, with some beautifully painted orcs. And no one was at his table. And I just kept looking and I kept looking. And Simon kept walking past me saying, hopefully we'll get your game, Ben. Hopefully we'll get your game, Ben. Anyway, um, it got to 8.30, which was first dice roll. And... This guy was still sitting by himself, and I said to Simon, that guy over there, I don't know who he is, but he doesn't have anyone to play. He goes, well, they've got 15 minutes to show up, then they're a yellow card. Anyway, 10 minutes pass on that. Simon, he's still got no one to play with. Anyway, he goes, all right, who's he paired into? It was a gentleman, Simon called, and he goes, ah, right, Ben, you're up. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> so uh, I walk over. I, I offer this gentleman... Um, uh, a 15 point uh, handicap on a on the timer that I had because it wasn't his fault that he did not have an opponent. Uh, we both realised I was playing knights, so I wouldn't need a full <laughs> full hour and a half. Um, and, and if I played the game properly, it'd just be a, a, a movement phase and a shooting phase. So anyway, I played. Um, Jeez, I had his name mesmerised. I'm just going to have to flick over to Facebook. Anyway, he's actually from. Uh, Michigan, and he has been in Australia for how long? How long? How long have you been in Australia for? I'm going to say your name's Evan. Evan Woolwright. Um, Sounds about right. Huh? Uh, yes, Evan Woolbright. My apologies, Evan. I had these most beautifully painted orcs. Uh, absolute gentleman of a man. Uh, we played. Uh, uh, a fantastic game. We had a lot of laughs. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I think I scored a hundred, and I'm not sure if he quite got to fifty. Um, but I think the game was over. Turn three. 
Um, I asked him how his preceding day was, and he said uh, not so good. But it was good for him to be in a foreign country, rolling dice and joining a community, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. So, um, yeah, welcome, Evan, to Adelaide, Australia, and welcome to the, I guess, the Warhammer circuit that is the Australian scene. Um, my second game into a guy called Luke Hudson and his Chaos Knights. Uh, unfortunately for him, he got first turn. Uh, and I made good use of second turn, getting with 18 of his uh, Bellacore, turning off that annoying 6-inch uh, buff, uh, taking out his Bellacore and uh, Bloodthirster turn 1, and I guess it was all downhill from there. Uh, third game into Wayne Buck, and I look, I'd scored 200s, and... Come be play going for podium here, yeah? yeah? Yeah, I thought. I went up to Simon and I said, uh, if James Mann podiums, I might get, um, you know, best in faction uh, on the nights <laughs> because you can't win both. Yeah, and, that would not be fair. No, and that well, that's what he said. Uh, I think there was a couple of other nights plays. Anyway, I learned a thing about Lionel Johnson. He is an absolute chad. Uh, and as much as I hate his guts, I kind of, want to own him and um, <sighs> start Dark Angel's army just because he is a legit Chad. Uh, I just could not kill him. Is this could one of those not... cases where you get bad touched by something you're like, you know what, I can't beat him so I will join him? Yeah, look, I'm not going to join them because, um, you know, Hart says yes, uh, Minister of Finance says no. And I've got my eyes on Necrons. Um, but look, Wayne Buck, I'd never played, played him before. Um, we had a couple of rules misinterpretations and we sorted it out like uh, absolute gentlemen. Um, it's that third game for me. It was the sixth game for him. We both had a bit of that fatigue. Uh, but at the end, I think we, we really found each other and had a bit of a laugh and he even offered to buy me a beer at the end of it. Um, I'm glad uh, he got a win. And... He said, sorry about that. And I said, my best games are the ones I don't win because they're the ones I learn the most from. So, um, Look at you, when you're you, a... warrior, you warrior poet, you. Oh, yes, I am a warrior poet. Um, but um, and when I reflect on it, being an, an average player, um, it's, um, yeah, it's a case of... Uh, the games I lost are the ones that have made me better. Like when I was at uh, Terracon, I played into Brad Bajaya and Lachlan Clank, and I lost both of those games. But you know, you walk away from a loss going, wow, <laughs> that was good. Um, or maybe you don't. Um, I, guess the, I guess the message here is average players, don't take your losses as losses, take them as learnings. And go back, psychoanalyze your game, work out what you would do better next time, have a rethink of the mission, and if you were smart enough and took photos, have a think about it. Another thing so, you can do that I do quite often, obviously, playing at some really, really high skill level people here in Queensland is after the game, I go, all right, what did I do wrong? Tell me exactly what I did wrong. What, did I, what could I have done better? And I've learned just as much from that, just from going, hey, What's the, uh, what's, what, how did I stuff up? And they go, well, you left this gap here or you committed the wrong unit. And I go, oh, okay. I now have a better insight of how to use this. And quite often, especially with a new edition, I do this amazing thing where I just go, you know what? 
I, um, I'm just going to full send. I'm just going to full send. I'm going to literally throw everything in the kitchen sink at you and see how you deal with it. Knowing that this is probably not a good idea, but it's going to give me more of a understanding of how your army works, what your stat damage check is, what your stat you know, resistance is. And I go, this is, this is how I'm going to learn. And I play the game, not necessarily to win, but as a learning experience, like you're saying, it's, it's pretty rad sometimes. Yeah. Um, and that scorched earth, um, hammer and anvil, um, mission table. I, I later worked out what I should have done was cause I'd scored my primary, uh, you can score 10 primary on that mission. So Very you hold easy. your home. Yeah. As long as you hold your home objective and you go out and take one of the ones in the middle. And if you've got troops on the others, blow them up. That's the mistake I made. I should have raised those objectives. Um, and then really, really, uh, really force the whole secondary game into another dimension. So that's something I'm thinking about. And I'd actually, um, I'm going to play Leon Edwards next week on Tuesday, just as a, as a bit of a practice game into his elder. Um, and, uh, Leon, I'm hoping we can play hammer and anvil, scorched earth, chilling rain. So yeah, uh, I I want to just... Hit, hit, nudge, nudge. Now you've got my game plan. Maybe we won't. So, uh, other than that, I was in a bit of a painting funk. Yes, we um, had a bit of a conversation about your painting funk because mm. the wonderful thing about your painting funk is directly it affects it affects you. It affects your enjoyment for the hobby, which is something that we all want to strive to keep going. And I'm very, very big on obviously keep going. And as a mate, I want you to, to not be in funks. And then on a yeah. slightly more selfish level i'm sure that there's at least a thousand cultists there in your room and your house somewhere planning an uprising so i i don't want to have that inflicting more funk on you so talk to us about this funk ben because i'm i know lots of us have been in them before yeah look um i'm i'm gonna say i'm balls deep in the hobby at the moment look you can't be any more committed when you're playing a tournament every month committing to a podcast um, trying to play one to two games every week. Uh, recently, just uh, moved on from the abbeys into the power stances, which uh, imposes a lot of self-pressure on me to perform on the table, which is one of the reasons I joined them. Um, and it puts a bit of pressure on me at home to, um, to to get my models up to a standard too. And I, I, I don't impose... A, well, I, yes, I do impose a, a level of painting standard on myself, uh, I don't always hold it to that. Sometimes it, there's a bit of force majeure. I have to get my models battle ready and I accept that and I promise myself I'll go tidy them up later. I never do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> good intentions. Um, but sometimes I, look, I was just absolutely overwhelmed. I purchased all this Eldar from Phil Wessels. I was stripping paint off of it. I was lining it up in some sort of pecking order next to all these other GSC models that, you know, talk about summon the cult. There, yeah, I've got bad. to get. I've got to get rid of those. Um, what are those guys that summon the cult? I think I need to lock them Acoli- in a drawer. Acolyte icon Acoli- wards. <laughs> yeah, I think Mate. I need to hide the acolyte icon wards because they just keep summoning the cult. And um, and you know, I'm side eyeing Necrons at the moment, not because Liam Hackett plays them, but just because I've been. You know, when you read the lore on something and then you just want to go on and own every model. <laughs> yeah, I'm reading a bit of Cron lore and there's a nerf incoming for Eldar anyway. I just got overwhelmed and I wanted to ditch the entire hobby. Anyway, what did I do? 
I spoke to someone about it. I reached out. I said, Michael, I want to get rid of all my old RM in a painting funk. And Michael said, it's a trap. It's a trap. No. Yeah. (laughs) It's, look, funks are such an interesting thing because I've definitely, during my youth, and I go through my youth as in like, you know, when I was a teenager, the funks I went through was, this is back when Fantasy and 40K both existed and I had big armies in both. So when I kind of felt burnt out from one system, I just jumped into the other for you know, a year or so and then jumped back and forth. But when you, when you came to me with this funk, I was just like, oh, dude, this is this is a tough thing. It's like, do you like do you streamline? Do you cut back? Do you one of the one of the people I've worked with and one of the things that they said is that they always have to have some success to build on that success. So they will write a to do list where the first thing is write a to do list so they can check something off and then keep on going. And we were just chatting about your funk and you know, I'd seen how well you're painting models and I know how well you can paint. And I was just like, dude, it's it's understandable, but we, we've got to get you through this. And what did you end up doing? Um, so I sat down and I had a look at it and I even spoke to my wife about it, who's impeccably supportive of my hobby and um, everything I do. Um, she just picked up my Wraith Knight and said, just finish this guy. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, oh, if it only were that simple. Um, and I, I'd acquired this dungeon bowl set as a bit of a, as a bit of a gift from my wife when our daughter was born. And I sent it off to a co- commission painter. I don't know what Michael's doing over there. Um, to get done. Sorry, technical difficulties. <laughs> okay. Um, get done and he just gave up on them so i went around to his place and i picked them up sort of half completed anyway i started painting where he left off and enjoying it and it wasn't warhammer 40k related it was just models it was just slapping paint on and having fun i'd lost the fun it had become a chore not a hobby it was like i need these models painted so i could play 40k Um, i think that imposes a lot of pressure on us to to paint to paint well and we lose we we run the risk of losing a bit of passion for the hobby um so i got that passion back by painting some what they look like what do you call these guys i think age of sigma have a an army of them uh oh yeah look like ogres ogres, ogre kingdom yeah yeah ogre kingdom type guys that are dungeon bowl guys anyway totally use them in blood bowl totally use them in a blood bowl league oh yeah 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 and yeah look once this is done i'm gonna keep watching collingwood's annihilation of essendon and um slap some more paint on them but yeah look um and i think funks come in multiple facets of the hobby and we touched on one last week what if your list is off meta (laughs) Um, that's the polite way of putting it yeah if if your list is off meta um you're not going to enjoy the game and it, it, it could quite literally turn you off of it. Now, we, we did a bit of a ranking, didn't we, uh, on the top 10 on Roll for Damage Day 1. We can do the final yeah. standings. Yeah, do and the final we'll, standings. So Tyson Whitelaw moved back from Port Lincoln, won with his elder. Um, you can go back to Port Lincoln, Tyson. Uh, James Mann on Imperial Knights. 
Bradley McDonald on Custodes uh, finished up the podium. Sam Young on Elder. Adam Napier on Elder. Chris Boggiano on Custodes. Jono Bishop on Death Watch. Michael Wood on the Crons. Chen Gao on Elder. And Michael Maroney on Crons. So Elder, 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 Crons, Custodes, Knights. Death um, Watch. Death Watch. Yeah. And let's do the bottom 10. Sans those that didn't show up yes so simon vaughan on the tau tain beer on the freebirders tim grant on stodes callum job on knights he didn't play all the games though um stuart francis looks like he might have been a gumby too so i'll start from the non-gumbies chris birkin on scars jack west on nids nick marshall on eaters Andy on Crons, Jack Plant on Space Wolves, he was only three games. Athen on Chaos Demons, Josh Clark on Orcs, Evan Woolbright on Orcs. Oh, Evan, your last two games were brilliant, 190. Well done, mate. Uh, Luke Hudson on Demons and Charles Benstead on Knights. So I guess the meta sorted itself out in that tournament. So it, it ended the way, I guess, any faction predictor would have predicted it. The only, that, the one glaring exception to this is, where's South Australia's GSC players? Ah, uh, so Josh Enkegelkaliki. Uh, Enkelki is normally our GSC um, fellow power stancer. Uh, but he pivoted across to Nids and he went three and three. Now, Enkelki's a, a pretty good player and at, he was at a tournament before Arthur D playing GSC. Um, this was back before the nerf still too. And I remember walking past his table on the way to the toilet and seeing that long line of neophyte hybrids across eight objectives <laughs> and just yep. going broken, busted, <laughs> um, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, no GSC. I think, I think GSC is in a realm of its own. You have to be Eric Lathuris or Stuart Trainer to be, uh, particularly good at them or even an up-and-coming player like yourself michael if only you had painted models look if only i had painted models and had access to people like eric lasuris or alex terrison who played gsc for australia at wtc or ollie johnson who was my captain at the last team's event where we played second with gsc like if only i had access to these painted models to join the color so oh collingwood just got another goal if you're interested um Zero fucks given. Zero, zero fucks. Sorry, I was just trying to pivot the conversation as I always do. Um, so, guys, the meta is the meta at the moment, and there is a nerf incoming. Um, I reckon it's three weeks away. I reckon, yeah, I reckon about the weekend of the 23rd, I reckon it will drop. Ooh, that's a bit more than three weeks. That's four weeks, yeah. Hmm. Um, so as for the Eldar that I'm painting, as Adam Napier said to me today, you kind of have to be there on day one before they get nerfed. And I'm like, yeah, I think I'll keep painting them, but it'll be, um, back to the cupboard, uh, until they're good again. Boo. They're always going to be good. They're all, you got to play them no matter what rain, sun, hail, volcano, hurricane. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm giving the Crons a sideways glare at the moment only because uh, I'd never really paid attention to the models, but seeing ghost arcs across the table, I was like, oh, wow. 
Yuck. I have a wonderful experience with charging the Yin Khan, who used to be just an absolute beast. I charged him into a ghost arc and with all my amazing attacks did a grand total of five wounds, which were then promptly healed very, very quickly. And I was like, oh, cool. I didn't kill a single thing. No. Bloody ghost arcs. Crons, yeah. bane of my existence. Something I've always struggled against. Like, And again, maybe the predominant factor of that is, is I've played Liam's Crons more than a couple of times and they're oppressive. And then I've played, you know, other people. Actually, I think maybe, maybe it's just Liam. Nathan Bleakley caused me an issue that practice game, but I will never forget my Adelaide Uprising game against Ben Warrior. Pull one out for Ben Warrior, where Scarabs apparently just die when racers punch you in combat, when you get the exact amount of hits and the exact amount of wounds you need to kill entire squads of Scarabs. It's, it's beautiful, but look, Krons, you said you're reading some Krons lore at the moment, and some of the Caiaphas Kane books have some really cool Cron lore in them. So if you get bored and you want to read about the raddest commissar in the world, because he's literally very relatable because he goes, Hmm, the danger's dead ahead. So I'm going to make sure I've got like a vehicle at the back door ready to bug out. But he always somehow ends up heroically saving the day because out the back is a surprise attack that would have crushed him. And he manages to thwart it. But the way they talk about Crons is actually really, really cool. So I get the Cron lore. I've got a couple of good mates who love their Crons. Just lots of Tin Man walking around, yeah, and you, we fought you for millennia and you can go back into stasis and kindly never, ever, ever come out of your Tomb Worlds again. Pretty pleased and thank you. Yeah, that's kind of what I was listening to on the podcast. Um, uh, Adeptus Ridiculous um, <laughs> was their second ever lore episode and it was on that whole Necron's interaction with the, the old ones and the Eldar and... Um, yeah. I think then I drifted off to sleep and eight hours later, I was looking for my earbuds in the bed somewhere. And they were still talking about the Satan or Catan and how they betray. Yeah. How do, what do you think the correct pronunciation of that is? They call it the Catan. Yeah, it's Catan. I've heard people say Satan, Satan, and then there's a board game called Catan and we get confused with Catan and Satan and Catan. Guitar <laughs> and Karen Tan from Band of Brothers. Yeah, no, um, it's it's Katan. Katan, right. Yeah. And I'll fight um, someone who says it isn't. Yeah. Yeah, I'll fight you. Um, oh, shit. Nah. No, we don't fight. No. Nah. Nah, we make love. We fight, we fight on the table. Um, I, I'll, if, we ever, if we ever get the chance to roll dice anytime soon, Ben, we have to film the game and upload it because that would just be amazing. The Gathering Storm podcasters just battling it out across the table should we do it like drunk hammer or high hammer i'll teach you beer hammer beer hammer yeah i will teach you happily happily okay, well, teach you beer hammer when weed is legalized in australia we'll do bong hammer oh come on you're dutch i know i'm the worst dutchman though i'm the worst dutchman i'm the worst chef like I'm isn't that isn't that weird yeah yeah right <laughs> Everything about me is gold. But no, like the meta is definitely sitting where it's sitting and we know that they're going to change things quicker and faster. And I remember, I recall reading somewhere that someone's like, we should just get rid of all indirect and all towering. And I was like, look, I don't really care about towering because if they take away my Wraith Knights, I'm like, oh no, I have the rest of my army. Indirect, I understand people have a problem with inactivity. And indirect does pose that as a large problem, but... Indirect is also one of the most realistic elements 
of our fictional game is that there are definitely indirect elements. I'm got no problems at all with it's it called being artillery. Minimized. It's called ordnance. Yeah. It's called artillery. It, it has always been a thing in the history of warfare. Yeah. Archers, catapults, Tre- trebuchets, trebuchets, monogols, like yep. you know, ballista. If if it frustrates you that much, uh, I think wargaming may not be for you. Because <laughs> it's definitely a thing. So I've got no problems with it being minimised though. So I look at again. I'll go back to what I know. I look at Eldar, and to the best of my knowledge. We have Night Spinners, we have two support weapon platforms, we have Dark Reaper Tempest launchers. And that's it for our indirect. So Space Marines have um, Nerf guns. Yeah, the Desolation Uh, Marines. Desolation Marines. And look, they did give me a hard time uh, into Wayne Buck's uh, Dark Angels. Um, Yeah. yeah, they he saw. Had a, he, had, he had a brick of ten of them, and they were buffed. And they had a um, oh, what are the medic guys called in Space Marines? Uh, apothecaries. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <Derp>. <laughs> uh, sorry, mental blank. Yeah, he had an apothecary uh, resing that that one every now and then, and I'm like, jeez, oh, uh, I couldn't get. Yeah, look, okay, they're frustrating. It's simple. Uh, remember, do you remember Ninth Edition PVCs for Death Guard? Yeah. They were an absolute pain in the ass. You'd see three PBCs parked in the backfield somewhere and they're just grinding your units down. Guess what? That's called artillery. It's called ordnance. Yep. And like, okay, it's interactive because you can't shoot back at them. And I understand that 10th is a, a shooting edition. But for me, a more desirable change would be make melee a little bit better improve melee because as someone who got bored of hail of doom very very quickly and pivoted to custom craft world melee i I miss melee i I like melee i was it helped me get better at the game in ninth edition by forcing myself to go how can you use melee threats in eldar knowing that when you trade you have to trade well because there's no way you're standing up to the return punch I think a lot of people just have to get past the fact that melee's changed. Melee's changed and it's pivoted away from people's melee style from 9th edition. Now we've got 10th edition, oh, it no. looks different, it feels different. Oh no, there's a change. Uh, your Wraith Knights come with other pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Big guns never tired, just remember that. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're, but, we're in the 44, um, 41st millennium for a reason, it's not to punch each other in the face. Do you know how Wayne Buck beat me in that game three? With the fucking Chad, Lion, in combat. Lion does nothing with a gun. He, he has this plasma thing, and I said I said to Wayne, if he's not holding that sideways ghetto style Light. while he's shooting my knights, I said, then I hope he misses every shot. He said, <laughs> no. Nah. Uh, he was an absolute Chad in combat, and I'm like, holy shit. Um combat is a thing you just got to rethink it you just got to be a little bit more careful a little bit more precise with your movement you gotta you know you gotta you gotta plan ahead adapt. it's not as adapt it's it's not as yeah it's not as fluffy as it was before um, yeah. and that's okay change is okay change is okay embrace the change um look there's a data slate incoming Let's see what it does. Hold the line. 
Uh, Nathan Meach got six games in when he was totally off 10, sort of self-sworn off of it. Uh, I know he's committed to the next tournaments, and he's reinvigorated the Abbey Hunters, and they're training again now. Uh, Jack Plant, who was off of it because he was a Space Wolves player, gumbied in on the Saturday, got three games in. I haven't heard from Jack on what he thought, but he's just committed to a, a narrative tournament down in Robe. Um, yeah. Um, what's your mate down in Mount Gambia? Uh, he should be going to that. If he's not, then he's a dude. Ollie. 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 Spectre Studios, Ollie, we're going to shout you out. Listen to this. Don't be a douche. Don't be a douche. Go to Robe. That's just up the road from you. <laughs> and um, Roll go some play bus. Some nar- yeah, play some narrative hammers at uh, in the seafood town of Robe. With your stunningly painted ultramarines. And they yeah, are just look. so crisp. Yeah, ultramarines. But it's exciting. I know that, depending if BCP is lying to me or not, but I know that one of the gentlemen who I played last year at TNA Open, the North Side Alliance Open, Jaden Whitehair. I was very, very excited. You know, big, big event in my home home state. Got paired up against Space Marines, Space Wolves. I was like, oh, sweet, this would be great. I was running my Combat Eldar and ran into a guy who had six land speeders that move faster than me and can shoot and kill toughness three bodies and Wolfen who fight on death and Skyclaws. And I was like, okay, so you're faster than me, which is what I'm meant to be good at, and you're better at killing combat than me, which is what I'm meant to be good at cool long story short i think he's running space wolves again next weekend and i would love to see his space wolves back because they are just he he looks like a space wolf and those of us in queensland who know jane will 100 agree he looks like a space wolf and when i saw him running eldar at the last event i was like this isn't you buddy it's not you speaking of events ben mm. i have a big one next weekend yeah the tits and ass open yeah, look, my favourite favorite type of Open, the Northside Alliance Open, which is Queensland's first... Oh, Northside first... Alliance, sorry. You said TNA before, so... Look, I thought we you're were not talking wrong. about Game of Thrones. You're not wrong. You're just not quite right enough. Look, okay. super exciting. Queensland's kind of first step into a big major. I think there's 120 people at this stage with some tickets left for sale. Apparently, Ben wants to spend time with his family over Christmas and can't come down for it, which I thought was a bit weak, but, you know... I'll let the uh, listeners decide if that was a weak call, but weak. I'm I'm excited. It's my first single Sorry, event. Did attempt. you say attempt at a major and you got 120 going? Dems rookie numbers, man. Got to get yeah, numbers up there in Queensland. You got to bend it's some like, more bananas. We're too busy sending you know half of the WTC team over to Europe to to get the numbers, and too busy winning ATC for the fifth time in six years. And yeah, it's tough. It's real tough. It is. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, there's 200 plus coming to Adelaide in January next year. Yeah, yeah. Tickets have only been on the market for three weeks. For three weeks, too, mate. So, mm, okay, okay. Tell you what, <laughs> Sorry, you send th- you. This, this is a bit of pants here. Yeah, you, you send your best date from South Australia. I'll send my best date from Queensland. And we'll fight it out, and we'll see how how that goes. What do you reckon? I heard Matt Morisoli just moved across the border. <laughs> So you've got one good player now. <laughs> oh, kidding. I love you, John Bishop. You've got two good players. <laughs> uh, um, look, it's something that we can't take away from the banana benders. Um, you do bend hard. Yeah. And... Bend hard and bend often. So, But just don't be afraid of uprising. Ooh, throwing the gauntlet down. With the TNA Open, though, I'm going to go 
out there on a limb because I'm a podcaster now and this is what podcasters do because they're really confident in their skills. I'm going to talk about my list for a little bit because that's what rad podcasters do while I wave to Ben's son who's just appeared in the background. Yep. So shock horror, I'm going to be taking Eldar. No one ever saw that coming. It's a huge shock to everyone. And believe it or not, I'm actually including some really, really strong meta choices. Again, crazy, crazy. Chat. But yeah, basically just flopping my big big dick out and seeing seeing how far I can get. Running typical four characters for Eldar. So I've got an Autark Wayleaper, who's my Warlord, Fusion Gun, Banshee Mask, Starglaive. So he's that lovely little loan op. Gives me two CP on my turn, which is beautiful. I've got a Farseer on foot with the Singing Spear, and he's got the Phoenix Gem, which is when, when you kill him. On a 2+, plus, he stands back up with all his wounds, which is amazing. I then have the Spirit Seer with Fate's Messenger, which gives a big, big hint to another unit that I'm running. And the Yinkan, everyone's favorite teleporting Deathly Ghost dude. And then into the units, I was talking with a couple of Eldar players and tossed up about 18 different lists. I'm really happy with what I've settled on now, though, because it has taken me a while to get there. I'm going to run two of my one of my favorite units in the game before they were good before they were amazing night spinners uh, i'm getting some shadow specters into my list finally it's one of the few units that i hadn't had painted up and they're currently being painted up now so i've got a little fireman squad of shadow specters i love swooping hawks i think they're rad i've got 100 million of them so i'm running a small squad of them two by five warp spiders because they're rad again chad. yeah chad spiders i've then got your obligatory 10 Wraith Guard with Wraith Cannons that you will see with the Spirits here and the thing so everyone loves to see. That's an interesting choice since the nerf. Yeah, I'll come back to that, don't you worry. And then, yeah, the, the thing everyone loves to see on the upper side of the table, which is the lovely Wraith Knight with two Wraith Cannons and two Star Cannons. So, look, Eldar good stuff, as, you know, Goon Hammer and Enco would say, it is just Eldar good stuff. There's There's not very much fat there that I could trim. But yeah, the Wraith Guard. People people are against the Wraith Guard now since the nerf. Ben, do you know what the nerf is? Do you know what's happened to them? Uh, they've lost the pistol keyword in yeah. um, melee. Well, yeah. the, that's that, that was the jank. Um, you could shoot into combat. Yeah, it was great. You'd um, shoot someone, charge in, punch them. They'd have to punch you back, and then you'd shoot them again for free, and it was fantastic. Yeah, um, it was kind of big guns never tie but they were little guns i oh, look but not med- as big as yeah big, medium. bigger than pistols but not they're, yeah bigger than pistols yeah. but also pistols but not pistols well look. half a mongrel half a mongrel in phallic terms yeah exactly just just chodes rocking around look <laughs> there's definitely an argument for and against them i went with the opinion i was talking to sam rabino about this a fair bit fire prisms are great don't get me wrong, I loved using my Fire Prisms, especially because I haven't had an excuse to use them. But if I've got a Wraith Knight and I've got Fire Prisms, I'm only phantasming one unit a turn. One of those has to stay out there with a stick in the wind, and I don't like that. I don't want to have to make a difficult choice or risk shooting myself in the foot by letting someone else shoot me in the foot. So I went, okay, if I take two Fire Prisms or three Fire Prisms, trying to hide four tanks on the table, it's not easy. I would rather not do that. The other thing the Wraith Guard do provide, which is very, very rare for Eldar, is just a tough unit. They're not unkillable, but they're definitely a tough unit that not every army in the game has multiple ways to go. I can pick them up reliably. 
without any concerns. So for me, I went, okay, I'm going to rock the Wraith Guard. They still get that free six with Fate's Messenger, so I know I can get Mortal Wounds in two different locations quite comfortably. I like that. Gives me a solid brick to move up the board a bit. And I made Jay paint 40 of the Bastards, so I might as well keep on using them whilst they're still okay. I think um, I think that's very uh, admirable that you're, you're not giving up on them. Look, I, I painted 10 of them. Um when they were on meta and <laughs> it's it's good to hear that you can still sort of make use of them um now we've heard your list where do you what are your goals Alrighty, so it's a eight round event which is awesome three games day one three games day two and two games day three just like uprising in adelaide just like uprising, January next but, year. but better because i don't have to fly anywhere for it thank god Aww. And that's, I know, I know. <laughs> Just makes my life that little bit easier. Yep. Look. So, 5 3, 6 2, 7 my, oof, So, my base, my base level. Like, mm-hmm. if I, if you said, what do you really want to achieve? The bare minimum for me would be with Eldar, even though I'm still relatively new, I would 100% want to see a winning record. So, I'd want to see 5 3. That's kind of my my minimum i would then look at stretch goals six and two would be great seven and one is like the dream seven and one is a dream with a loss coming on the last day would be absolutely yeah. phenomenal which look queensland chads are in yeah i was just i've just pulled up the uh the list so i'll just call out some of the notable notable people uh, Alex the Greek is coming, Ben Warrior from Normal Blokes, Brian Lakeland, Brody Middleton from WTC. Who else have we got here? Denise Anagama from Normal Blokes, Finn Decker from NZ. The Duck himself is flying up, which is good, from the Gold Coast. We've got some other big dogs in here. Josh Brody's coming up, which is awesome. Good to see him. Lawrence Gutierrez from Vic, who did could really, Liam really well. Not, could Liam not hack it? I think Liam doesn't care, to be honest. <laughs> Liam's just kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Luke Pierce from the Normal <laughs> Blokes. He's been on a tear lately. Soli's coming up, which is great. Yep. Other big dogs. What about Jordan Bennett? Geordie? Yeah. Oh, is Geordie coming? Yeah, Geordie Bennett's going to be there. Legend. Is he playing Blood Angels? I hope so. That's his. That's his jam. Oh, Simon's going to be there. Simon. Yeah. Godjevic. Godjevic. Yeah, the good Simon. Who's the bad <laughs> Simon? <laughs> no comment. No comment. No. So look, there's at least half a dozen current or former WTC players going there. So I think six and two would be huge. Six and two would be a really, really good achievement. My biggest achievement though is just to have eight really, really good games. Hells yeah. And um, just put pretty Eldar models on the table and hopefully people won't cry too much when I kill their army. My uprising dream, and it was my first super major, was five three stretch. Like yeah. come in your pants. I've just gone five three at uprising. I went four four. 4-4 is amazing. 
And the only reason I didn't go 5-3 was day one fatigue. Yeah. Uh, I didn't drink enough water. You drank uh, way too many beers. I drank way too many beers. Shouted to yabbies them. way too many times. Shouted yabbies way too many times. Uh, and I didn't eat lunch. Um, and it, it was just sort of rinse and repeat. Game after game after game after game. It was just like, all right, I've got to do this again. Got to do this again. Um, so super major prep to me is important. Stay hydrated, stay nourished. Um, yeah. Yeah. Look, the biggest thing you learn really, really quickly about those big, big tournaments is water is and always will be your best friend. As Ben drinks more water, we've both been, we've been very, very civilized and posh. I'm going to say, take this fireside, 40K. We were both drinking tea and we're not even in England. So suck it. Yeah. Just kidding. Just kidding. Love you guys. Just loved your WTC <laughs> recap. Yeah. Um, was it salty? Yeah. No, they were, they were good. I liked it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Water's your best friend. I always bring a couple of muesli bars, keep them in my pocket. Yep. Just the as common protein ones. Yeah. Look, I like the, they're like rice, rice, like crunchy, crispy things. Yep. They're reasonably healthy. But my other big secret weapon is start a game three, crack a packet of sour worms. Because it's like for me, I like sour lilies, but it's got the sugar in it. It gives you that burst of energy just to get through that last game, that last little little bit. And in teams events, I would go around to my team with bags of lollies and go, have some lollies in this round, have some lollies in this round, just to help, you know, performance enhancing drugs of fucking sugar to go, let's, see, let's go you well. You see AFL players when they hit the bench. Oh, jeez, Michael. AFL players, when they hit the bench, um, there's always jelly beans and other bits and pieces there. Yeah. Um, just with three minutes in mind before we uh, hit our point where you'll have to edit like crazy to get <laughs> a 46-minute podcast up. Um, Don't remind me. I think we need to shout out a Queensland sponsor. We do indeed need to shout out the number one Queensland sponsor that I have ever had. Huge shout out to Irresistible Force. Tanamira in near the Logan Hyperdome. These guys are absolutely fantastic. They do 20% off all common stock items at Games Workshop now, which is amazing. John, the owner, has looked after me so, so well. He just, if ever I need something, he makes sure it's, he makes sure it's there for me. And I'm very, very appreciative of that. Looking forward to, in the future, I was talking with Ben. We might try and get some definitive numbers on some objective markers with our logo and our co-sponsors logo and we'll have to chat to our our sponsors and see what that looks like but i would love to get some gathering storm objective markers yeah, I was, to, I was to flex maybe we could we could um irresistible force and dragons there maybe could sell sets of them in their shop uh, as a bit of as a bit of on merchandising so I'm I haven't okay asked Phil yet. I haven't asked Phil yet, and you haven't asked your guy. But I've floated with John. I have, because I've been, because been looking at how I, to help supply him with some things a bit more. I, I went looking for objective markers in FLGSs for a while. I'm like, do you have objective markers? And they all said no. No one actually makes them and supplies them to gaming stores. And I'm like, light bulb. Yeah, it's it's expensive to start, but I, I think yeah. we could put some put some 
of our hobby and money aside, because as everyone knows, we we pay to do this podcasting. We definitely don't get paid for it. So, and but guys, yeah, if, if we if we do sell these um, objective marker sets, we're not looking to capitalize on them. It's not going to be a golden parachute. It'll literally be a cost or yeah. as close to it as we can physically do. So. At cost and, and a dollar or two to make our sponsors happy, so they keep on giving us those monies too. Yeah, um, we're just we're just happy with our branding. I just had my Power Stances shirt made, and I've got written around the collar. Ask me about my podcast. Oh my man, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> Chef kiss. On that note, though, On we're going to have to love you all and leave you. Yeah. Thanks um, for the chat. Thanks for jumping on. Yeah. Well, Look, happy to push through even through sickness. I might do a, a sneaky Ben and do a couple of video videos and put them up on the Facebook group of yeah, TNA next weekend. Yeah, give us a Take look. Take some photos with my mates and, and see how we go. But aside from that, thank you to you, our lovely, lovely, fantastic listeners. Thanks to our sponsors for another awesome night. And we look forward to catching up when the storm breaks again. See you guys. Bye.